Hi, wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli, and this is today's tech briefing. In this program, so Hari, I, you know, I postman started as a side project for me. I built it uh, as a developer at a company I had co-founded after college. At that time, I was the technical founder of the company. That's after these headlines. Amazon has invested in small case technologies, a Bangalore startup that is making it very easy for people to invest in baskets of stocks and exchange traded funds, which it calls well small cases. Amazon has joined a forty million dollar investment in small case led by Faring Capital and Premji Invest, IT billionaire Azim Premji's family office. Existing investors Sequoia Capital, Bloom Ventures, BNext, DSP Group, Arkham Ventures, WEH Ventures, and HDFC Bank also participated in the new round. Small Case has raised a total of $65 million so far, according to TechCrunch. Since our launch in 2016, Small Case has built India's leading direct indexing and model portfolio platform with over 3 million users, transacting $2.5 billion in Small Cases annually. CEO Vasant Kamath said in a blog post yesterday the company has created a new fast growing category of investment products by developing an ecosystem of 250 plus businesses in the capital markets space including India's largest and fastest growing brokerages advisors investment managers and digital wealth platforms according to the blog post last year OpenAI an advanced AI research and deployment company in Silicon Valley released GPT-3 which stands for generative pre-trained transformer 3 a powerful natural language AI program the company also made it available to others through an application program interface or API now a multidisciplinary group of stanford university professors and students wants to start a serious discussion about the increasing use of large and frighteningly smart foundation ai models such as open ai's gpt3 mark sullivan of fast company writes gpt3 is foundational because it was developed using huge quantities of training data and computer power to reach state of the art general purpose performance the fast company report reads in fact gpt3 was trained with massive data sets to be a 175 billion parameter deep learning model It is hugely attractive for developers to not reinvent the wheel but use already available AI programs like GPT-3 to build further according to Sullivan but researchers including Fei-Fei Li former director of Stanford's AI lab are worried that biases built into these foundational models will simply be inherited by all the downstream work done with those models they fear that commercial businesses motivated by revenue and profit will push ahead with deploying the ai that they develop without adequately checking for downsides academic researchers must therefore step up their own efforts they say according to sullivan's report postman started as a side project for abhinav astana he was the technical founder of an earlier startup after finishing college in india and was grappling with the complexities of making disparate pieces of software connect with each other The software that do that are called application programming interfaces or APIs and they're becoming increasingly important to software development. Eventually the side project became the main interest and after an early piece of software that Astana put up on the Chrome web store drew a lot of attention from software developers 
and suggestions about features that could be added to it and how it could be expanded. That gave birth to Postman in 2014 with backing from early stage investors Nexus Venture Partners. By 2016, Postman had employees in the US and Astana himself moved to San Francisco in 2017. Last year, Postman raised 150 million dollars in its Series C funding at a valuation of 2 billion dollars. And yesterday, the company announced it has raised 225 million dollars in its Series D round and hit a valuation of 5.6 billion dollars. That makes Postman the most valued software as a service startup led by Indian founders ahead of Browser Stack and Freshworks, Economic Times says. The round was led by existing investor Insight Partners and joined by new investors Cotyo, Battery Ventures and Bond, along with other existing investors CRV and Nexus Venture Partners. In addition, DoorDash product leader Gokul Rajaram and Freshworks founder Girish Mathrabutham have also joined as individual investors. Postman has now raised more than 430 million dollars across four rounds. Among its customers are Salesforce, Stripe, Cisco and Microsoft. Back in December, Abhinav, who is co-founder and CEO of Postman and a Forbes India 30 under 30 winner, got on the phone with me to explain why APIs were huge. At the time, little did I know that Postman would triple in value in short order, but in this case, the best is yet to come. Anyway, here's how our conversation went. Yeah, Abhinav, so thank you for making time uh, uh, for this call. Uh, and uh, uh, if I can request you to start with a little bit of a backgrounder about uh, Postman, how did you start it? Why did you start? What you did? What was the problem you were trying to solve? When did you found the company? I have the I'll have some follow-on questions after that. Sure, sure, yeah, uh, absolutely, uh, and and you know. Thanks for reaching out uh, as well. So, uh, uh, so Hari, I, you know, I Postman started as a side project for me. I built it uh, as a developer at a company I had co-founded after college. At that time, I was the technical founder of the company, and mm. uh, I ended up dealing a lot with uh, these things which are called APIs. Mm. APIs are basically you know pieces of uh, technology that connect you know two disparate software applications together mm. uh, and i found myself you know struggling in testing them documenting them and you know working uh, on apis with with my team mm. and that was a problem i actually had experienced with my current co-founder my cto ankit at uh, uh, yahoo in uh, 2010 when we were working together there in their bangalore office so you know what we used to do a lot was you know get uh, an api on which we need to you know we needed to build our application on uh, try to work with it and it was you know pretty big uh, a, a pretty chaotic process you know and the thing with software is that if you don't get like everything exactly right you know things break Mm-hmm. and our software would just basically break a lot because it would just depend on a, on an api that would often change or you know wasn't implemented well uh, so that pattern kind of continued and to solve that problem for my workflow i built postman uh, put it up uh, on this thing called the chrome web store which was a distribution channel if you have you know used any chrome extension yeah so it was it used to be a chrome extension at that time and then the goal was to basically help developers like me who you know i thought would be suffering from the same you know set of problems when it came to working with apis uh so that 
got a lot of traction you know people really got excited about the product they started you know suggesting uh, i could you know add uh, all of these features around api development and testing and monitoring and collaboration and you know kind of i basically continued uh, working on that uh, for, uh, until you know basically october of 2014 when we formally incorporated as a company mm. through uh, an investment from nexus so you know our hypothesis was that you know the world of software is going to fundamentally change because mm. apis are proliferating everywhere mm. and every piece of software is either going to be using apis or is going to be an api mm. so uh, they they are going to be very very critical to uh, the way software is developed and mm. you know we want to build postman to help for solving for you know all of these problems and all of these things that you know uh, companies and teams and developers face while working so now i mean with postman uh, from the time that you started to, to uh, 2014 till now uh, i mean you've come a long way uh, i understand you raised a series c at very strong valuations uh, so what has changed in the indian ecosystem saas ecosystem uh, today that that's reflective of how your yeah. your company has come up yeah i mean it's been a massive i think uh, uh, kind of growth you know in the overall ecosystem i think i remember in 2010 when i was uh, thinking about uh, you know starting a company out of college you know the presence of investors the supporting ecosystem where to hire you know how to even build a product how to take your product out to the world you know was all like i think kind of a dark art for most people and you know you would often hear about some companies who had done it i think you know zoho or tally were the kind of you know mm. software pieces you would know about but you know mostly i think uh, like it or software you know from an indian perspective was mostly dominated by you know like Uh, infosys news or wipro and like these you know uh, uh, consulting it companies mm-hmm. right the notion of building a product and companies who have done that successfully and like the whole path mm-hmm. that you need to tread i think was basically unknown mm-hmm. and you know i mean we had uncertainties around you know who are we going to raise money from uh, you know are there even good designers you know to to you know, uh, have inside the company who can build products will we get engineers you know the engineering ecosystem around uh, people who care about products enough to help you build that hmm. i think all of that was kind of lacking so there were like all of these uh, different things in the ecosystem that i felt wasn't put together and i think since then i feel you know i mean graduates who are coming out are much more confident uh, entrepreneurs are much more confident they are you know building Uh, you know great looking and great uh, you know des- well designed well functioning products for a global market so i think the general confidence and the approach i think has changed kind of quite a bit mm. there's a lot of funding available there's a lot of help available i think you know pa- in parallel to the growth of the uh, you know indian ecosystem there's also been a lot of growth in the us ecosystem mm. which has fueled you know a few things you know y combinator which is a very popular startup Uh, accelerator you know you know is expanding routes in india mm. at that time you know we were applying uh, we were, I, i was part of an accelerator called 500 startups mm. which was you know like they only were with us because my co-founder was based in the us for half the year mm. so like there were all of these like cross pollination things at least from a us 
perspective or like from other startup hubs that was not present and are much more present uh, in india now mm. uh, and i think there's also a lot more awareness and confidence that this is what it takes to build you know saas software that just kind of wasn't there so i think it it has gone through a massive transformation in the last decade mm-hmm. when did you move to the us you i mean your company's base headquarters to the us yeah so we uh, uh, we moved here in 2017 2017 and and at that time what yeah, was it? I actually moved there. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. the company was like we had employees since 2016. Hmm. Uh, and and where in the US are you based? Uh, in the Bay Area. Bay. So we have uh, in San Francisco. Yeah. Okay. And 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 uh, when you moved, what was the sort of primary reason to move to the US? Yeah. So I kind of get you know asked that quite a bit, and you know the primary reason Hari for us was that. Uh, so you know like, like i think you know there are there are components of the uh, ecosystem that i described i think mm. there are components of the market mm. you know whose behavior uh, is still like a bit lagging you know when you compare it to the bay area okay mm. so mm. for us for example like our best customers are early adopters you know people who are on the cusp of Uh, you know, wanting to pay for the problems that Postman was solving for, mm. we're all kind of based, you know, in in the Bay Area or in the US, US West Coast, East Coast, mm. not even kind of outside India, primarily, mm. you know. Uh, and you know, through our uh, uh, Postman, you know, is, is a very kind of uh, developer first or like very product focused company. Mm. Like we need to, we really kind of hone in on. You know who's using the product? Why are they using it? What is the surrounding environment around them? Mm. You know what exactly uh, can we do them? You know over the next like three to five years, mm. right, in their journey, and all of that feedback to us, you know, would primarily come from outside India. You know, it would not come from you know inside India. Uh, and what we started seeing was, you know, when we would build features and solutions for this market. it would take some time but they would in a way uh, you know when we had got that what in that established you know outside india they would flow into india as well like mm-hmm. there was just more people were more amenable to adopting a solution if it had global acceptance in india mm-hmm. so it just but if you were to start with uh, you know kind of like the cohort of indian customers uh, it would be harder to kind of do it the other way around mm-hmm. so for us it was very important to kind of be at the hub of you know um, kind of global technology moments and that's how you can move it so now overall uh, uh, how large is your team so we are now i think more than 300 people uh, globally distributed okay and where would you say your core uh, engineering product development happens So uh, in a way it's kind of you know distributed now mm. like our product uh, development is you know development design uh, engineering you know are, are both located in the US as well as you know in India uh, you know we have product managers in the US we have product managers in Bangalore we have designers now in the US we have designers in India so it's much more globally distributed okay uh, yeah and we are hiring now talent like kind of across the world The Bangalore is is a big hub. San Francisco is a big hub. Mm. Uh, but now I think we have people in more than like what ten more than ten countries. Mm. Uh, I mean, you've kind of answered uh, this following question. Uh, but anyway, if there are any specific points you want to add, 
Can you talk about what is uh, still missing in the Indian SaaS ecosystem? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's like that uh, willingness to uh, pay for, you know, like I, I for some reason uh, the Indian customer does not want to be an early adopter, mm. uh, and their behavior very much, you know, brackets them into. You know what I would call like an enterprise tier of a product. You know? mm. Like they would, they require more support. They require more onboarding. Mm. Uh, they require, you know, more. Uh, uh, I'd say, uh, you know, kind of even selling to a certain extent. Mm. Uh, so all of those things yield themselves to, I think, you know, kind of product motion that sometimes you know, when you compare it to like other hubs, you know, like like the US enterprise uh, technology sale is very much like an Indian, you know, uh, you know, lower price point sale mm. for that matter. Mm. Okay. So I think that uh, combination of uh, sometimes like price sensitivity, sensitivity and, you know, trying to take the safer bet means that, you know, it's harder for uh, Indian entrepreneurs to crack into a market locally mm. and then go globally because all the feedback that you'd get is, you know, the product should be cheaper, the product should have like 50 more features mm. and and that's what not what you need to create a globally competitive product. You actually need fewer features. You need to have a, a, a well-defined price point which solves for a major, you know, uh, pain point globally. Mm. So in my opinion and in my experience, you know, which is like one data point, I have seen that those, those, you know, that, I mean, those things are by the way changing, you know, uh, and they're changing at a fast clip, but that's kind of missing. You know, now, I mean, we, we now see actually we cohort according to like, you know, maybe if you see the scale of startups, you know, startups who are getting funded uh, and are hiring at an aggressive clip who want to create a great developer experience for their employees are much more willing to pay for software, you know, mm-hmm. but they are relatively fewer when you com- compare it to like the product cohort of companies. Mm-hmm. So now, on the whole, uh, how many developers are using the Postman platform? So we have now more than 13 million you know, people globally hmm. on the platform. And in terms of uh, companies uh, you know, that pay for your product? So we don't share that number yet, but okay. we have you know, uh, more than half a million companies who we track for, you know, on the platform. Hmm. Uh, so you have, you have more than half a million companies which are using your technology, but maybe not all of them might be paying it, paying for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, can you uh, give me uh, one or two examples of the kind of problems that you're solving? You know that you said developers are excited about in the US. So, you know, I think uh, a key area for us is basically managing the API lifecycle. So APIs typically go from this, you know, kind of if you picture this notion of like this, uh, you know, uh, if you're familiar with, uh, you know, the term DevOps, has that kid? Yeah, just the rudimentary understanding of DevOps, yeah. Okay, so basically, you know, the idea there is that... uh, you know, you want to take software from design to production, you know, in, in very rapid iterative cycles. Mm. So, uh, you know, that is, you kind of require a whole tool chain of, you know, things to work together, right? So when you apply that kind of philosophy to APIs, uh, 
you need you know uh, the ability to design the api well get feedback from your partners or users of the api mm-hmm. so uh, so you know you need you need tools for api design you need tools for api development which let you you know prototype the api convert it into code and uh, you know let you build and eventually write the code for it uh, so postman has some tools for api development uh, then you come to testing where you kind of test the api whether it's working well uh, and you sure you know you you would typically have a quality assurance team that would certify you know whether the api kind of meets certain standards uh, then you would need to distribute uh, the api to you know the eventual consumers once it's you know tested and and working well mm. so uh, you know we have tools for distribution so postman essentially brings together all of these different tools uh, into one platform and we you know our target audience uh, you know is developers testers security engineers devops you know all these people who are involved in the production of apis mm. uh, so that's you know one broad area for us and the second area for us is you know api consumers you know these are people who are consuming the api when they want to integrate the api into their uh, own workflows mm. so if you know you are a mobile app builder you would be using an api and you would want to integrate it uh, with your application so you would use postman you know to do that if you are uh, uh, you know selling api products yourself uh, uh, then you know you might be using postman to demonstrate the api or sharing how that api can be integrated with other you know vendors so so there are broadly you know basically there is a, a tool chain that we have for producers and there is a tool chain that we have for consumers and postman essentially works as a unified platform for producers and consumers uh and and we can you know solve their respective problems if that makes sense happy to clarify by the way no, i don't mm. want to go too technical sure, sure. Uh, but let me know if that kind of you know i can clarify anything for you no, no this works uh, i mean any interesting names of companies that people might know for using your yeah you know we mm-hmm. have uh, twitter we have shopify we have cisco you know a uh, ton of uh, companies you know who are uh, on the platform uh i think uh, we have box we have uh, uh, i think in, in the indian context we just did a case study with go ibigo which you know has uh, a lot of their uh, you know team on on postman so mm. you know i think these these names should be familiar to you so you know our view here is that right now this this market is in the like this is a massive market mm. you know that will have uh, a lot of growth uh, you know ahead so we have mm. you know a lot of investment in engineering r&d uh, mm. and product you know which uh, we are we are doing to really extend the platform mm. uh, in a, in a lot of different ways uh, you know our team actually has doubled in size already this year Uh, so there's a lot of investment going there um second goal for us is you know ensuring that uh, you know companies utilize the full potential of apis you know a lot of companies are on this digital transformation journey or you know kind of what we call becoming api first mm. so we have uh, uh you know investments in basically sales and marketing to mm. you know uh, reach out to companies who are on those journeys you know working with them we have engineers on our side which you know help them uh, adopt or become api first so mm-hmm. that's like one you know big area for us uh, and the third investment is in the community 
So, you know, Postman has, uh, you know, is fortunate to have a lot of developer love around the globe. You know, we're there in every country, we're there in almost every developer community. So mm-hmm. we invest a lot in our community, you know, we do events, we, uh, you know, do things at a global level, we do things at a local level, uh, you know, we uh, are also looking at, like, you know, sponsoring projects, sponsoring, you know, community events. So, like, if I would summarize, you know, it's basically product, uh, you know, customers uh, and community. Those are like the three areas for us to invest yes. all of this money. How, how did you hit upon the name Postman? Any significance yeah. there? <laughs> so Post is like an HTTP word. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, when you send an API call, you say you, you're getting an API, you're getting, you know, uh, you're, you're posting something, you're putting something. So there's like a sequence of you know, verbs in the HTTP protocol. So I thought, you know, uh, Postman is like a tool that, you know, helps you be, uh, you know, it helps you in some way in connecting, mm. you know, uh, two things together. Right. Mm. Uh, so I think I was just coding one day and then just, just struck that, you know, uh, this, this could be a good name for the tool and, and it stuck and mm. people really liked it. So that was like, if you, if you know a little bit of coding, there's like an Easter egg there. Okay, okay. Okay, uh, one last question. I mean, I'd imagine you're focusing insanely on growth right now. Uh, so uh, profitably, profitability would probably come uh, or are you already profitable? What's the scenario there? So, I mean, Postman could always be profitable, you know, if it wanted to be. So we have been you know, growing at a very, very healthy uh, you know, with very healthy margins, mm. and that allows us to you know even reinvest kind of that money in growth. Mm. So, uh, our sales model actually is predominantly like self-serve. People buy our product, uh, you know, through uh, uh, through our product itself, mm. and they reach the product through you know essentially word of mouth adoption. So, uh, so we you know we have a very efficient uh, sales model that helps us keep, you know, uh, I mean, we're not like, you know, those companies which have to burn, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to create a market. Right, right. I mean, in your case also, uh, do people pay like a per user or what is the model? Yeah, per user, you know, per month. So we have three tiers of paid licenses, uh, team, business and enterprise, Mm. which are designed for like, you know, classes of like companies. Mm-hmm. Or if, you know, the adoption at a particular company is, you know, and, and falls in one of these tiers. So at the team tier, you pay uh, about $150 a user a year. At the business tier, you pay, uh, I think, uh, $300 a user a year. Mm-hmm. And then for enterprise, you know, it's it's custom and people write to us and, you know, they do like an on large scale development for us. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. Thanks so much, yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Bye. That was Abhinav Astana. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakali. Thank you for listening.